So going back to what I was just talking about, the last three weeks we were in a series called Seek Me, and we were just talking about the importance of the need to seek our Heavenly Father. And we brought up many principles, we brought up many ideas and, and what Scripture says and what Jesus taught on. Even through fasting, we talked about that. And so we're now on week two of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we have one more week to go. Now, out of the whole thing, it's not about, about the sacrifice, but it's about the fact that we need to seek our Heavenly Father through the process of this. And hopefully it's creating a newer habit where you're, you're taking away something maybe that's temporal and replacing it with something more eternal like reading his word, getting into your prayer closet, uh, just allowing God to pour into you. And the reason why we've had that series and the reason why we're in the 21 days was not because it's an obligation, because we taught how uh, fasting is an, an invitation, and when you seek God, it's something he wants us to do face-to-face. -face. But we need to understand there is a role that we have to play here on earth. I'm going to say that again. There is a role, okay, that you have to play here on earth. And the only way you're going to be able to, to enter into that role and to execute that role is by seeking our Heavenly Father, by seeking God. And the reason why there's this role in, the play, in, in, our, in this whole thing on earth is because God wants us to build the kingdom of God. And today I want to talk to you guys about that, but let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for this opportunity to just minister your word. Lord, I thank you that every heart here, every mind here is open to you, Lord. Father, I yield myself to the side, Lord, and I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth is from the throne of God, from the heart of the Father. Lord, when the words coming out of my mouth uh, hit the ears of all of us, Father, may it penetrate our hearts, may it be ministered into a hundred different ways, relevant for our life, encouraging, and ready to go forward. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say Amen. And so today I want to talk to you guys about building God's kingdom. Look at your neighbor and say, build God's kingdom. Uh, but I want to start with a quick story, okay? Now I want you to imagine something really quick here, okay? Imagine right now a world. You're living in this world, okay? And there's racism going on. And there's prejudice going on. And there's terrorists going on. And there's so many things that are hostile against doing what's right instead of uh, starting to do only what's wrong. You know, and there's sickness and diseases everywhere. There's financial crisis everywhere. Imagine a world like that. <laughs> Don't really have to imagine, right? <laughs> and here's the thing. Now imagine Jesus coming to us right now. Jesus is here. And he says, hey, anybody that want to get out of this rotten world right now, come follow me now. Come here. And you're one to say, yeah, I'm going with Jesus. Now imagine you going to Jesus, and Jesus takes you to the Father. Now you're standing back, and you see Jesus, and you see the Father on his throne, and they're talking with each other, and you're there, and you hear their conversation. And Jesus says to the Father, hey, Father, I called out to these people that wanted to follow me, and here they are. They're all wanting to leave the rotten world to come follow me. Here they all are. And the Father says, all of them? And Jesus says, yes, all of them are here. He says, good, that's awesome. Now take those people, go back to the earth, and spend time with my people. Think about that for a second. Now, when I first started the story, you probably were thinking about the second coming of Christ, and I wasn't talking about the second coming of Christ. 
okay? What I'm, what I'm talking about is our Christian, Christianity walk when we're a moment we come to Christ. You see, a lot of times we tend to uh, act like, like okay, I, I, I'm, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and then we're like this kid in the window that is looking outside ready to play. And all we can think of is out there when we're still in here. For instance, uh, it can be a beautiful day out or it can be a, a lot of snow outside, but my kids can look out the window, okay, and they want to get out there, all right? But they're not allowed to go out there until it's cleaned up in here, okay? Pick up your toys, pick, put the plates away, and, and let's, let's clean up the house, and you can go outside. There's a mission inside the house. And a lot of times when we come to Christ, we do the breathing in the window. We can see our breath because we know the kingdom, and we want to go to heaven. We're ready for that day. But we turn around, and there's a mess that still needs to be addressed. And so today, I want you to understand that the kingdom of God was one of Jesus' priority. And yeah, even though that day is going to come, Jesus will return. There is a heaven and a Father who's sitting on the throne. There is that day. Right now, he's called you to come here and address it here. Everyone say, build God's kingdom. We cannot neglect the mission that we have here on earth. And this is the whole reason why I'm talking to you guys today, is that there is a mission here, and a lot of times God's children tend to neglect it. I'm not accusing anybody, but I'm stating truth and fact of what's happening right now. There is a lot going on in this world, and sometimes we just want to get, we're ready just to get out. But God says, hey, I've sent you here with the mission. We, let's not neglect that because, again, Jesus Christ's mission and all he, th- all he was about was the kingdom of God and how to advance it. You see, when he was walking this earth, he did talk about salvation, that he is the way. Don't get me wrong. But the core of every message Jesus had was the kingdom of God. For instance, Matthew 7, 17. This is right after the wilderness, okay? He comes out of the wilderness, and and he says, in verse 17, it says, From that time Jesus began to preach, to say, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Jesus' words, by the way. Again, in Mark 1, 14, 15, it says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Again, Jesus' words. And I'll show you one more scripture, Matthew 10, 7, okay? This is Jesus now talking to 12, the 12 disciples that were with him. And he says, in verse 7 it says, And as you go, okay, he's sending a mission. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, is what Jesus is saying. In other words, okay, this is what Jesus is really showing and teaching the 12, the crowd, and us today. Okay, that the kingdom of heaven is not when we get there. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means it's at your grasp right now. Okay, it's at your grasp right now. And a lot of times we can tend to misunderstand that if we don't read it, if we read it out of context, okay? And, and what God wants us to understand is that it's here and it's alive and it's today and it's real. And Jesus says, it is now. Did you know that Christi- Christianity, Christi- I can't even talk right now. Christ- How do you say Christian? Christian? 
Christianity. There you go. I know how to say it. I'm just tongue-tied right now. You know that being a Christian is not just a religion. <laughs> being a Christian is not just a religion, but it's a kingdom. You know, what separates uh, all of, uh, us from the, all the religions of the world is was this one thing. It's a living God. It's a living and breathing God. Every other religion don't have that. They don't have it. But we do. And that's what makes us, uh, 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 Christianity, there you go, a kingdom and not just a religion. We might be categorized as a religion, okay, from world's point of view, we're categorized as that. But in actuality, it's in truth, it's a kingdom. Jesus made it clear it is the kingdom of God that was the core of his message. And if you look at it in Matthew 6.33, Jesus himself said, seek first the kingdom of God. And then, and then he adds the rest. Seek first his kingdom. But not only that, Jesus also talked about repent. Have you guys ever seen, uh, maybe in the corner, uh, a man with a microphone? <laughs> and he's just yelling out, repent, repent. I have. I remember I was in Grand Haven a few years ago. And, and even though, you know, don't, don't leave me alone on this one, okay? Even though they're in the corner yelling, repent, you know you want to walk across the street and go around them, right? Just, just try to avoid it. Okay? I'm just being honest. Don't leave me alone up here, okay? That's the first attitude that we tend to have, like, hey, don't mess with them. Let's just go, you know? <laughs> Let's just go. He's fine. You know, because it's not normal. It's not normal. We don't see that every single day. But if you go back to what I just read, Jesus was that man. He didn't need a microphone, though. And he was yelling out, repent. And he was teaching his disciples, have them repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, however the motive of that person is, then so be it. Because there is good and there is bad motive behind the whole thing. But what I'm saying is this. Jesus was one that was not ashamed to say, hey, repent, <laughs> repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that word repent in the Greek, okay, it's pronounced this way, and I won't butcher it, metanoia, okay, metanoia is repent in the Greek. And when you translate metanoia back to the English, it's this, change your mind. So when Jesus says repent, he's saying change your mind. Change your mind about the kingdom. Change your mind about, about not wanting to be a part of the kingdom because I have something for you. And I want you to be a Change your mind because it's at your hands right now. And when, when we change our mind for the kingdom, we start to see a purpose and a mission for our life. In other words, when we change our mind and when Jesus yells out, repent, for the kingdom of God is near, God is just saying, hey, I want to partner up with you. I want to partner up with you so we can advance his kingdom, so we can go to places and, 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 and grow this kingdom that, that I'm building right now. But the only way to do so is by you changing your mind. Repent is what Jesus says, and he states it clearly. Go into Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. It says this, now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, and that's Jesus, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered like this, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, you're not going to just, you know, find and see it this way with the natural eyes, all right? Nor will you say, uh, see here or see there. 
For indeed, Jesus says, and I love this part, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you, is what God is saying. And if it's within us, kingdom's here. And then the kingdom is now. Now, there are a few practical ways. Now, there are many ways to advance and build his kingdom. But I want to share some three probably key ways that we should continue in our Christian walk with God so we can continue to advance the kingdom. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of us, we tend to disqualify ourselves when the moment we come to Jesus Christ thinking we can't do anything about this or I don't have the ability or, or let's just find a pastor and how about you talk to the pastor. He will know what to say and what to do. And let me tell you something. As a pastor, we don't know everything, but we know the truth of God. And as a pastor, according to Ephesians, we're here to equip the saints. You're the saints. And so what I'm saying is this, the same power and knowledge of the word I have is the same power and knowledge you have as well, too. The same spirit I have and that I, I lean on is the same spirit you should be leaning on as well. And so when someone does have a question, it's not going, hey, let's go see, let's go see a pastor to, to, to resolve or figure this out. Let's, let's look to the word of God together and see what God says about this. What are the promises we can stand on? going through relationships, going through financial burden, going through just weary. And Jesus says, well, come to me, for I will give you strength. That ain't me. <laughs> I ain't giving you no strength, okay? And what I'm saying is the, the, what I'm going to point to is I'm going to point to the word of God, and you guys can do the same thing as well. And so there are three practical ways uh, to participate to build his kingdom. And the first one is this. And I don't want to be nonchalant about this. I want you to really grasp this. But we build the kingdom with prayer. All right? We build the kingdom with prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, this is where Jesus uh, starts teaching on prayer. And, and he talks about the Lord's prayer. And, and Jesus says this. In this manner, okay, he's teaching everybody. Therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to pause right there. Okay? He's teaching the people how to pray. And he's, the first thing Jesus did was he acknowledged the Father. Okay? He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He acknowledges that there is a true living God and that he is holy and sovereign. And when we come to build his kingdom, to advance his kingdom. When we come in prayer, we first acknowledge a living God and in what he's doing within us. But not only that, he also, he also prays the next thing where he says, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. He's talking about now, okay? And if we just read that the kingdom of God is within us, he's talking now that we would advance and we would multiply what's happening here on earth. In other words, our prayers matter, Okay, our prayers matter, and if you stick to it, God's kingdom continues to grow. You see, maybe in the natural, we don't see it physically happening and coming forth, but when you continue to acknowledge a living and true God and say, God, you are holy, you are merciful, and we thank him for that, and we continue to pray for the saints and those around us, you are advancing, you are building the kingdom of God. Maybe not to your standards of what you see, but according to what his will and what he wants for your life. Because I know people that have prayed earnestly for my life. And I thank God for those people. 
And his kingdom is going to continue to advance because my lips will not stop praising his, his name and declaring and praying for others. You know, when you look at prayer, I've used this analogy before. I, I, when I was a youth pastor, kids loved it. I used to use videos and stuff like that. And I think the video I had, Derek, I don't know if you remember, was Need for Speed. But um, there's a scene where, it's not Need for Speed, Fast and Furious, something like that, right? Thank you. And, and there's a scene where they're about to race. By the way, I do not promote that movie, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is pre-Jesus, all right? But, but I remember a scene in that movie where, where, where they're about to race and, all of a sudden, like, right when they shifted into gear and they released the clutch, it goes into this camera view of, through the engine, and you see the fire blow, and the pistons move, and all of a sudden, the back of the muffler, you see the fire just comes out, and, and the rubber hit the road, and they're gone, right? And I used that scene in, the, in an illustration one time with the youth because, in a sense, that's how our prayer life is. You see, a lot of times we look to prayer as the power. But I'm saying, no, 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 no. God is power. Prayer is your clutch. If you release the clutch, guess what happens? I don't have a camera, but it would be cool if it went all over us. (laughs) I'll stop there. And the rubber hits the road in our life. Pop the clutch, people. That's all you have to do. Pop the clutch. Release it. Watch God's power happen. When you pray, you advance his kingdom. All right, number two, we build the kingdom not just with praying, but we also build the kingdom with giving, with giving. Now, I am blessed to be a part of this body, this church. You guys are a generous, generous church. You really are. But I want to also go beyond that, okay? When we give our time and our talent and our treasures, when we give our heart and our resources, understand that when you give, you are making an impact in this church, okay? Resurrection Life Church, Iglesia Vida. You're making an impact here, but you're also making an impact in our community around us. I encourage you guys. When, when, okay, for instance, for the generations, Every Sunday, we clap for them, okay, because they're dismissed. And hopefully you're not clapping as a mom and dad. Yeah, I got 30 minutes. <laughs> no. <laughs> but what I am saying is this. I clap because I know they're about to be invested in. Right. I clap because I know they're about to hear something. Like, I, the way I can't preach it, they are going to do it, okay? And when my kids are back there, I question them sometimes. Hey, what'd you learn? What happened? Or mom questions, what'd you learn? And they'll tell us. We learned about this and that. And, and you know, Jesus and and, and, and what's happening is word is coming to them alive. And it's because, it's because back there, they're giving and they're advancing and they are building the kingdom. So when we're out here for about 30 to 40 minutes, you know, having a good time here, they're not babysitting. They're building the kingdom. We don't see it, but they're building it. But let me tell you something. Ask your child if you have a child back there a question. And watch the kingdom grow through their mouth. Watch the kingdom grow through their heart. It is so important. Now I'm speaking to parents for a little bit, okay? This is my youth pastoring side. Get your teenagers in a youth group. Get them plugged in. One hour, two hours a week. Because that will be life-changing for them. That's how, they, and that's how other people and their peers can invest in each other. Iron sharpens iron is what scripture says. And so when you stay connected, you stay protected. I mean, it's no difference for me saying that to a parent and you saying that, hey, get to church to maybe a friend or a coworker. It is the same exact thing. 
When we give our hearts and our resources, we're making an impact to not just our church, but our community as well. And there are people in our community that don't know Jesus yet. You're about to enter in a community maybe tomorrow morning, first thing. And it may be a work area or an office area. Make an impact by giving your heart and expressing God's kingdom and love towards others. Do not bring a microphone and yell out, repent. But what I am saying is this. Change your mind and ask God, what's my role here in this office? What's my role here on this assembly line? What's my role here uh, wherever you're at in the retailing side of things or in school? What's my role, God, so I can make an impact and grow your kingdom? In Mark chapter 10, verse 17, this is a passage, and I'm going to read this. And again, sometimes we can misunderstand this, but I want you to digest it as I read it. Just really ponder on what I'm saying here, okay? Mark 17. Now as he was going out of the road, uh, one came running, knelt before him, and asked, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit the kingdom of God or inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. Okay, did you see where he acknowledged him? All right, verse 19, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he said and answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him and loved him, okay, and loved him. I'm going to repeat it one more time, and loved him. All right? And said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Okay? Follow me, Jesus said. Verse 22. But he was sad at, at this word and went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Now, this passage has been mistaken and misinterpreted many times. And to the point where I was taught it that way at one point. Okay? I was taught one time that if you're rich, you're going to hell. And that is not true. That is a lie from hell. Okay, number one, okay, because we're now at a judgment point when we think that way, okay? But, and this passage is also not about a man who, is he going to make it to the kingdom of God or not? That's not what this passage is about, but so many times it's misunderstood. Remember, Jesus, in the core of every message, he's about the kingdom of God. Okay, now let's look to this core of the kingdom of God. And when he says, when that part when I just read, and he loved him. You guys remember that part? And he loved him. There's something he's about to teach the man. There's something about he's about to teach the disciples. And something he's about to teach us right now. Jesus sees a man who keeps the law and who loves God. And the scripture says that he loved him right back. But, okay, but the man is wrapping his fist around something and it's keeping him in bondage. What Jesus is teaching this man is to let go of what you're clinging on to. Let go of what you're clinging on to. Don't make that the priority of your life. Make me the priority of your life is what Jesus is teaching this guy. 
It has nothing to do with the riches. It has nothing to do with being rich. But he's saying, hey, can you just let go? Let it go for a second. And, and, and not for a second, forever. Let it go and come follow me and watch me fill you even more than what that's filling you. That's what Jesus is teaching. Again, kingdom core message that Jesus is teaching us. Now, yesterday, actually, I heard a story. So yesterday I went on YouTube. I'm not a YouTuber, by the way, okay? But I, I didn't believe it. That's why. And I really wanted to see it in a video, and it was there. I don't have a video because I think some of you guys would get mad about it. But here's the, well, I'll, I'll describe it to you guys, okay? But it was, it was how to trap a monkey, okay? Huh? How to trap a monkey. That's right. That's right. I heard a story on it. I just wanted to check it out. So yesterday I went on YouTube, and I'm like, all right, I looked it up, and I found a documentary about, um, about, it was in, based in Africa. It's an older video. It's based in Africa, and it's about how to trap a bamboo, okay, which is a monkey, I guess. But, uh, and so there are these men from these tribe, and they called them the Bushmen, okay? And, and what he was going to do, what the documentary was showing was he was about to, about to trap a bamboo, Okay, not to hurt him or harm him in any way. But understand when you study the monkey or the bamboo, understand when they all flock together, they have a supply of water somewhere and they will not tell anybody. Well, they can't talk, but they won't lead you that way. Don't ever talk to a monkey. All right. So listen to me real quick. This bam, the bamboos know exactly where this water supply is at, and they're refreshed. The bushmen, who are, are human beings, and they're from a tribe, they're, they're struggling to find water. They're even squeezing roots out to get just a couple of drips of water. But they know the, ba- the bamboo knows exactly where the water's at. And so what they do is they find this mound, a hill of, like, clay and dirt. It's just this, this hard thing. And as the bamboo is watching the man, the man starts carving and wants him to watch him, starts carving a hole inside. And he starts hollowing it out and makes a little pocket. The bamboo's watching, okay? He grabs melon seeds and he shoves a bunch of melon seeds inside the hole, okay? He walks away from a distance and the bamboo just turns, acts like he doesn't care, but he does. That's what the documentary said, okay? But he does, okay? After some time goes by, the bamboo walks up to the hole because I found out that they're one of the most curious animals. Go figure, curious George, okay? They're one of the most curious animals, all right? And he walks up to the hole, and he starts sniffing and smelling, and he sticks his hand in the hole, and he grabs a fistful of seed, of melon seed. And here comes the bushman, and he starts walking. The monkey cannot get his hand out. And the reason why he can't get his hand out is because he has a fist in his hand. If he will let go of the seed, he's gone. He is free to leave. But because he cannot let go of what he has, he trapped himself. He is in bondage because of the fist he has in his hand. And therefore, therefore, the bushman comes, and all he did was he, he just leashed him. Is all he did, put him to a tree, and then he fed him some sugar canes. Not sugar canes, sorry. Salt. Gave him a lot of salt, okay, to get him thirsty. And when he got thirsty, he released him, and he followed him because the monkey was going straight to the water. And there it is, abundance of water for all the bushmen, okay? But the reason why the monkey or the bamboo, whatever you want to call it, all right, was trapped was because he wasn't able to let go of what he had. Now, hear my heart, please. 
I am not calling you guys monkeys. I'm not calling anybody monkeys, okay? I'm not going to call myself a monkey, okay? Listen, what are you holding on to? That's bond, you're, you're, you're bondage to yourself, and you cannot advance the kingdom of God. And you feel like, where's God at? Or the enemy's attacking me. And the whole time it's not God or the enemy. You're just not letting it go. Because I remember watching it yesterday. And I'm like, dude, just let it go. He's coming. Like, <laughs> just let it go. <laughs> How many times are your loved ones saying, hey, just let, it, let, let, let him or her go. Move forward. God has something for you. Or, or, or let, let this financial burden go for a second. Okay, let's look to him. And when we can't, it's just, and it's just dwelling in us, it's like we're this trap bamboo. And we want to get out, and we start blaming God and the enemy, but in reality, <laughs> just got to let it go. That's it. Let it go. When we understand to build his kingdom is giving of our time, talent, treasure. Whatever, it, when we give, it requires us to let whatever we're holding on go. And when you let it go, there's freedom. There is so much freedom for you. And God wants that for you. Let go of whatever is holding you uh, back from building God's kingdom. Now, the last point I want to share with you guys is this. We build the kingdom with serving. Look at your neighbor and say serving. Understand when you're a part of this community and this church and you serve, I talked a little bit about it already, but when you serve, you're making an impact in people's hearts and their lives. Now, Mark chapter 12, verse 28, verse 34, it says this. Then one of the scribes came, and one of the scribes is like one of the Pharisees. One of the scribes came, and, ha and having heard them reasoning together, uh, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? Okay, so Jesus is being questioned right now. Which is the first commandment of all? <laughs> and Jesus answered him. The first of, um, the first of all the command commandments is this. Oh, hear Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. We've heard that before. First commandment, he says. Then he goes on to say this. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. And the second is like it. Other translations, it says they're, they're equal. They're equal. You see, the, 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 the Pharisee asked, hey, what is the, 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 the top commandment? And Jesus is giving them two right now. It shows the importance of it. It's this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. You know, when you look at love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and you look at love your neighbor as yourself, those things are hand in hand. You cannot do one without the other. You can't. And so we see the importance of our neighbor. Your neighbor could be uh, not just your next door neighbor who you live by, but it could be your coworkers, your family, your friends. Those that are around, those people are your neighbor. And the ones that you don't wanna be around, <laughs> they're your neighbor. They're your neighbor. 32 says, so the scribe said to him, Jesus, well said, teacher. 
you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all your heart, and with all understanding, and with all soul, and with all strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. You can sacrifice all you want, thinking I'm doing it for God, but you're not loving. The word says you gain nothing, and you're just a clangy symbol. You go nowhere. Love your neighbor. Last part, 34. Now, when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Do you see the core message of Jesus when he talks? It is about the kingdom of God. And he's saying love. When you serve, love whoever is in your reach. You can reach them, then you better serve them. If you can talk to them, you better serve them. That's how you love. And when you apply the hand to the plow for his kingdom, when you pray for them, when you give freely, and when you serve open hand, watch God's kingdom advance. Watch their mouths praise God. Watch their hearts be transformed. And before you know it, they're saying, I'm a brand new creature. I got a new identity. And it's all because you reached out in love. To build the kingdom is to pray, to give, and to serve others. Start there, church, and watch God's kingdom be moved for his glory. And it'll benefit you as well, but for his glory. You'll find the purpose, you'll find mission, you'll find so much more fulfillment than anything this world can offer. But seek first his kingdom, then all these things will be added. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and, and let's pray. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you for the opportunity to just know your, your, your son, Jesus. Jesus, I just thank you for the word you've given us. Lord, speak to our hearts right now. What was just spoken, Father God, let it marinate in our hearts. Let us just reach every part of our being right now, Father God, as we're being filled by your love and by your goodness, Lord. Now, with everyone's eyes closed, I'm gonna draw a picture out real quick for you guys. Imagine a huge wall between you and God. Huge wall. You can't get through it, can't climb it, can't even dig under it. But this wall has separated you from your heavenly Father. Now, Jesus dies and raises again. And this wall has been torn. And now it's become a veil, like a bride veil. Very thin. And it's easy access to anybody. And a lot of people, see, they're not on the other side of that veil yet because they don't have that relationship with God yet. But you do. You see, the moment you came to Christ, you saw this veil. But not only did you see it, Jesus gave you a weapon and it was a sword. And he says, I want you to penetrate this thing. Now imagine a sword in your hand with this veil between you and your heavenly father. And you just start 
penetrating this thing. And you go to town. And every time you go at it with the sword, a glimpse of this glory shines through. And the more you go at it with this veil, the more of his glory is shined in your life and in this earth. You can see this glory. And every Sunday you come to church. Every Sunday morning you're here. You're listening to teachings. You're, you're, you're doing what you have to do. And you're here to sharpen your sword. Now, the reason why I said that is because sometimes we don't put the sword to work. And we come Sunday and we expect the pastor, shine my sword. Just shine it a little bit more so it can be a little bit more shinier. But I'm here to tell you, you should be coming in with a dull and beaten sword because it was working. It was applied and it was advancing his kingdom. And we come to church to say, okay, pastor, let's go ahead and let's just, let's just clean this, let's sharpen this sword back up because I got more work starting tomorrow. I'm ready to go back out to the field. But you cannot do it without the son, Jesus Christ. There is full access for you between you and the Father. And Jesus made it that easy for you to get to him. And the moment you say yes to him, he's handed you the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Now on the count of three, I'm gonna give you guys an invitation. This is the first time maybe you've heard about Jesus and didn't realize the mercy and the love that he extends. And you want him. The Bible says, just let me lead you to a prayer. And if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, he'll save you right where you're at. And the number two invite is like, hey, I, you know, I really haven't been living for him, but I wanna come back to him starting right now, my commitment to him right now. On those two invites, on the count of three, just shoot your hand up. I wanna lead you in a prayer. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. The best decisions you guys are gonna be making you guys can put your hands down. Understand, church, I'm about to lead these people that made a decision for, for Jesus Christ to be a part of their life forever. I need you to be the church and start believing that these guys will grow in this. We are here to build his kingdom. Let's everyone put one hand over their heart. Now, if you raised your hand or wanted to raise your hand but didn't, I'm just gonna encourage you, just what you say, just mean it with all your heart and watch God do the rest in your life. I wanna repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in you. I believe in your word. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in your son. I know he died for me, for all my sins. And Lord, I ask for forgiveness. But Lord, I also believe he rose from the dead. He's ascended to heaven and he's living today. And because of the resurrection, I receive your mercy and forgiveness. Lord, come into my heart, lead my life, show me your will for my life in Jesus' name.